Hello everybody, welcome back. This is Andrea Epolito celebrating life, luxury, and above all else, love. I came back late last night from the DJ Collective 2019. It was hosted in Scottsdale. And let me give you a little bit of background onto this conference. This was our third year. Now, it was originally founded by DJ Brian B, Jason Janai, and Joe Bunn. Three incredibly talented artists, entertainers, and DJs who really saw their segment of the industry and said, we want growth, we want to be better, we want to kind of inspire and elevate what everybody is doing. They started this out with a really small group of, I think it was six people in a rental house. That was their first year. Their second year, they brought us all out to Florida. There were about 30, 36 of us. This year, year three, what explosive growth. What an insane amount of people coming together. Over 120 attendees, a bunch of speakers, the best of the best. And when I tell you, I walked in as a speaker and was blown away by the level of talent, the level of business acumen, the fact that every single person that walked into that room was very much an expert. All of them owning these really successful businesses so incredibly humble, so dedicated, and and the, I want to say desperate to learn, but I don't want to use the word desperate, but I mean, they, they were there, they were present, they were focused, and they were grateful for the opportunity to come together, to build a community, and to sit in a room, not just with other DJs, but with people who talked about life planning, finances, time management, being a human, being dedicated to your family, finding a way, not of balance because I, I don't like balance. I think that the idea of balance is bullshit. But how do you make a living and have a life so that you can be a fully realized human being? It was beyond inspiring. And a couple of things that I just kind of wanted to give you kind of hints on so that you could start thinking about things in a different way based on what I learned even as a speaker. First thing, DJs as a whole have generally been considered the underdogs. I am 100% guilty of disrespecting who they are and what they do. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, what's the difference between a $1,500 DJ and a $5,000 DJ? I would have said $3,500. There, there was no real difference to me. Today, based on what I've seen and what I've heard and what I've listened to and what I've learned, there's such a huge difference. The layer of artistry, the way that their brains need to process information so quickly, the way that their hands need to take what they've processed and put it out in the world, this is on another level genius. Um, I had one guy, Dave Krieger, say to me, like, it helps to be a little bit of ADD in this industry. But when I spoke to, to other ones, Digital Dave, who's spectacular and so out of this world in terms of what he produces, talked to me about how he researches his clients, how he looks to their past, and then he pulls out different songs based on regions and time frame and where they came from and how he mixes them to keep the floor full. I mean, it was it was very, very inspiring. But when you are a part of a community that has been undervalued, that has been considered to be an underdog, and you have had to fight for every 
ounce of respect for every dollar, for every increase, which this group has, you become incredibly resourceful. You become incredibly resilient. You get really scrappy and your ability to produce things and to do things that other people aren't even thinking about because they're comfortable and they don't have to. These guys are so light years ahead on so many different things because they've had to be. And there is this spirit of it can all go away and I have to protect it and I have to constantly innovate. And it was inspiring to me because when you've been established for a while, like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are, when you've been around, when things are good, you stop feeling, you stop innovating, you stop going the extra mile, you, you take your eye off because you can, you can afford to. What these few days taught me is none of us can afford to do that. And we all have to constantly be taking ownership and we should be fighting for everything, not fighting each other because that's the other thing I saw. None of these guys had egos. None of them were fighting each other. This is the most supportive group in, I would probably say, the entire industry of how they come together, how they help each other, how they cheer each other on, how they hold each other up. None of this like inter-segmented fighting bullshit. They are so great to each other, but they help each other fight. They help each other go out there and look for what's next and elevate and push. So as a planner, I definitely want to kind of go back to my early scrappy days a little bit and really start fighting for the things that I want as a business owner, as a planner, as a designer, as an artist, as somebody who wants to, to move the needle you leave these guys feeling incredibly inspired. But the other thing that I want to do is I really want to take a look at the relationships that I have had and the relationships that I'm really lucky to, I'm I'm constantly surprised by some of the relationships that I have the opportunity to make. And somebody that I have to give a huge shout out to was Melissa Fancy. She is another planner, extraordinary talent. Um, she operates out of Utah and San Francisco. And we have moved around each other quite a bit over the last few years. We're both part of the Engage Circle. We go to a lot of the same events. She's always been lovely, but I've never really had an opportunity to really sit and bond with her. Well, I got a migraine and it was really, really bad. And without having any reason, she came and checked on me. She bought me Excedrin migraine. An hour later, she went and got me coffee and actually sat with myself and Domenica from Domenica Beauty until my migraine broke. This is all during an insane storm where we had no power. And I thought to myself, like, she's a planner, I'm a planner. We both work in multiple bar markets. We both do consulting. There could have been that feeling of like competition or bitchiness or I don't need to help you or anything like that, but there wasn't. There was such a feeling of like, we're both in the trenches. We both do the same thing. We're both here to be better, to help this industry be better, to lift each other up, to lift this community up. And when one of us is hurting and one of us is struggling, I'm going to step up to the plate. And so based on how good the DJs are to each other, I really want to make a continued effort to go out there and form some really deep relationships. I spoke to a couple of planners out there that were like, gosh, I wish we had something like this just for planners. 
Like I wish that there were just planners that got together and did things like this. I don't know if that's coming down in the future. I don't know what that looks like, but I really hope that as wedding planners, we continue to support each other, that we continue to celebrate each other, and that we look to help each other, and that we let go of the idea that there is not enough business to go around. My friends, there is more than enough business to go around. As a matter of fact, there's more of enough right business to go around. When you start looking at what's meant for you, and you feel like, I don't need everything. I just need what's mine. Total game changer. So that was the other big takeaway. And then the third takeaway, um, this is like act of God stuff. So day one, amazing. Day two, amazing, but a little cold. So the guys are like, all right, we're going to pull some things inside. We're going to move things around. Day three, I wake up at six o'clock in the morning. And when I tell you that the heavens have opened and the sky is falling, water, flood alerts, you know, coming in sideways rain and all of a sudden I'm looking at my phone and the power blows and I get a text message from Domenica who's like um is the power out in your room not only was the power out in our room not only was the power out in the hotel the power was out across the entire grid we're in the desert of Scottsdale people no reason for this to be happening and yet all of a sudden we get text messages from Brian from Sicily and from the event team. And they're like, all right, obviously power out. We're going to go out and buy Dunkin' Donuts and coffee for everyone for breakfast because obviously the kitchen can't produce. And then we're going to sit down and we're going to redo the schedule. So we'll have that out for you guys shortly. And then we're going to let you know who's going where and doing what. When things like this happen, it's easy to be like, have that oh shit moment of like, oh shit, what are we going to do? There was none of that. Everyone came together. Everyone pulled their weight. People were so fantastic about being like, okay, I'm a speaker and I'm not going to be outside anymore. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be there. You want to move me? Great. Cool. DJs that were in attendance were like, okay, so we got to move equipment from one place because there's no light over to a window with light. Great. Let me help. The planners all got together. Everyone came together and really made it happen to where, with the exception of the schedule being moved around a little bit, the show went on. Why? Because the show always goes on. Because it has to. Because the last thing that any of us in this industry are going to do is throw in the towel. And when stuff like this happens, you have two choices. You can either stand up, be a part of the solution, and help save the day, or you can whine. And you can get bitchy, and you can complain. Um, I don't, I, I don't believe in that. Like as a life philosophy, I think it's awful. Um, does it happen? Sure. But what I saw was I saw Brian, Jason, and Joe get together with Sicily and the planning team and the speakers and say, how do we make this work? Because we've got 120 people here who deserve the best experience that we can possibly give them. And when I tell you they crushed it. Things are going to go wrong in your business. Things are going to go wrong at the events you're executing. Things are going to go wrong in your life. Whining, bitching, crying, hiding, those are the easy way out, and that is what losers do. Coming together, getting your tribe, and saying, all right, we got an objective. How we're getting to the goal has changed, but we're still getting there. Let's come together and make this work. That is the mark of a true leader. That's the mark of 
a team. Those are the people that are going to succeed. And that is how I know that the DJ Collective is going to be around for a very long time, that they're going to continue to have explosive growth. A couple of people and things that I want to shout out to. Um, number one, I've heard her speak before. She's a very good friend of mine. I'm going to see if I can get her to come out on the podcast. Nicole Peck from BizBash is the techiest of the techs. Every single time I hear her speak, she exposes me to something new and extraordinary that I didn't even know existed. She's got the greatest information and ways to kind of help your business. Love hearing her speak on another level in terms of what's out there for you. If you're not following her, if you're not following BizBash, you need to do that. That's number one. Number two, I think it's brilliant that the guys came and found speakers about life balance, um, finances, things that have real, true, practical applications. And so when you're looking at your business and you are deciding what your future looks like, you need to look beyond the next 18, 24, 36 months. You need to be looking 10 years out and saying, in 10 years, what does my business look like? What does my body look like? What does my future look like? What do my finances look like? You have to plan for the future because we're not all going to be able to produce and operate at this level forever. So I love the fact that that was a great big element. Something totally cool that I had never done, I got to be the judge of a DJ mass up where the wheel was spun and DJs were given two different songs or not songs, two artists from different eras, different genres, different everything and they had to mix them in right on the spot. This was the greatest time. And then we got to see some really big name celebrities, DJ Angelo, Digital Dave, Scooter, Jason, Joe, Brian, all of them up there performing. At first, you for me, I was listening. I was like, do I know the difference? Do I, like, do I really know the difference or do I just think I know the difference? Is it that I like the song or is it that I like the performance? And I really kind of tried to study them. And when you look at everything that's out there, some DJs played where the crowd was like singing and interactive and jumping up and down and on their feet. Some played where the crowd was mesmerized and just watched because it was such a visual and physically taxing performance, whether it was tapping or scratching or getting involved. And others played for the party. They played to hype up the crowd. And what it made me realize is that booking a DJ, booking an entertainer, booking someone to come in, and even when I book bands, and I love bands, Jordan Khan Orchestra kills it every time. Jordan personally was a speaker, and he brought down the house. He was amazing. Um, every time I have a band, I require a DJ, because at a certain point, the band needs to go, and that energy level that comes in needs to be sustained by another performer. And I've worked with DJ Nate quite a bit, but by if you can pay attention as the meeting planner to your clients, if you pay attention to the type of experience that they want to have, there are so many different textures and styles of wedding DJs and event DJs out there. If you just do some digging, these guys are brilliant in knowing how to travel, how to get gear out, how to read a crowd, how to change things like last minute. And I really encourage you to deep dive into this I'm going to put a link in the notes of this podcast so that you can check out the collective. I want to make sure that you can reach Brian, Jason, and Joe. So I'm going to give you guys their Instagram links. 
check out everything that they have done. And now on a personal note, um, I'm going to share something. And I, I don't want to talk about this every time I'm on a podcast, but I do think it's important. Number one, um, the response that I got to the podcast about my father has been overwhelming and really beautiful. So I thank everybody out there for that. Um, this conference going was the first time that I have really been out of the house since my father's passing. It's first, definitely the first time that I've put on like makeup and a bra. So like, you know, you're welcome. Um, but I, I really, really wanted to be there because I love this community and I made a commitment and I wanted to go. I get there and because I'm fuzzy for the first time in my life, I went to the wrong hotel. And I tried to check in at a totally different place, which was kind of, you know, funny and crazy and, and silly at the same time. I finally get to my hotel. I walk in. I give my name. Lovely gentleman behind the counter says, you have a very famous last name. And I said in certain circles, you know, yeah. And he looks at me and he says, do you know what I'm referring to? And I said, yes. And I referenced something about my father and he took his glasses off and said, may I shake your hand? I'm such a fan of your father's. I've followed his career. I have so much respect for him. And as he's doing this, Cicely comes over. She gives me a hug and she goes, I'm so sorry about your dad. And the gentleman behind the counter is like, okay, you know her dad too. He's a legend. And I said, yeah, he was. And he goes, was, is. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, perhaps you don't know he passed. This guy actually got teary and started to cry, which then means that I cried. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm in the middle of the lobby. This is so unprofessional. I don't want to be that girl. Um, I can't cry here. But generally speaking, like, it was such a beautiful moment because it made me realize that no matter what, no matter where in the world, number one, I will always be my father's daughter. And being Louis Apolito's daughter has been one of the biggest defining kind of motifs, themes, running elements in my life. And having him gone, but knowing that that still exists, it was such a great reminder that no matter where I go, I still have him. That was number one. Number two, I can't tell you how great it was. Two things, to be with people who truly, legitimately cared about my well-being, who took time to true, like to ask me and to look me in the eye and to say, how are you? To make such big efforts to take care of me. Jordan Khan, you know, wanting to take me out to dinner. Brian Leahy checking in to see if I needed anything because he has family in Tucson. Domenica coming in and checking on me. Nicole, who I've already mentioned, who you know, talked me through when my son was crying on the phone. Brian, Jason, Joe, the amount of gratitude that they had and appreciation for the fact that I was there is equal only to how glad I was to be there, how grateful I was to be able to step outside of my life and have such a fun at a time in my life where I don't feel where I don't feel like having fun, where I don't feel entitled to fun, where I don't feel like fun is the goal. But to give me a week that was so much fun, the guys put together a speaker dinner that let me get to know a whole new crop of people. I got to sit with Andy King from Fire Festival. If 
you have been introduced to him through the things that were said and the things that happened over fire, meeting him one-on-one, having a conversation about what really matters to him. He is an incredibly special human being, but then being able to go and be in like our very own wedding industry, nightclub, DJ event, conference club, and being able to listen to music and be surrounded by people who all had one goal and that was to just kill it and have a good time. This weekend was a gift for me. I walked away having a much better understanding of who certain people are. I walked away with some relationships that I didn't expect to leave with. I walked away with, you know, the guys from this beautiful life who are now friends that I just think are amazing and who I cannot wait to work with. And I, more importantly, I came home for the first time feeling a little bit more like myself. And so for that, I thank the DJ Collective. I thank the entire community. Um, I am going to, like I said, link everybody in the notes below. Next week is Thanksgiving. We're going to talk a little bit about gratitude, um, but not in the way that you think. So I'll have that up before the holiday. Until then, I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're listening. We're celebrating life, luxury, and above all else, love. Until next week, my friends, I will talk to you again soon.